and welcome to that's very formal wasn't it good evening good evening welcome to heavy matters episode 31 um it's been a while it's been nearly a month since we recorded life gets in the way of things but we're back we're back raring to go with myself joey and my partner in crime venny 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 how are you mate yeah good thanks mate I'm uh, supping away on a brewski on a Friday night, so Ooh, what better what, time is there to have it? I've got a, a, a Ric Flair, a uh, Stewart's Brewery Radical Road, triple hot American IPA, 6.4%. American IPA brewed in Edinburgh? Brewed in Edinburgh. Yeah, <laughs> excellent. I've got a little uh, glass of rouge tonight, because as you said, it's Friday, it's been a long week. And we haven't done this for a while, so we're going to kick back, relax, and hopefully have a bloody good time. We are reviewing albums tonight by Architects, um, Harakiri for the Sky, and the deep cut this week comes from the sophomore effort from American Head Charge, which we are going to introduce a special guest, Mr. Oliver Hill, who is the biggest Mudvayne fan and definitely the biggest Head Charge fan we know together. So, it's been a while. Shall we get stuck right in? Unless you want to talk about anything else, the weather or any pressing... No, matters? let's... Nothing more prescient than uh, heavy metal, so let's go for it. Rightio. Uh, let's start with the news very quickly. Uh, Venny, as always, I don't really have much good news. Let's start with the big oh, one no. that happened this week. Download was officially cancelled. We were expecting it. I did have a slight bit of optimism that it was going to go ahead. Just purely for my sake, to have something to hang on to, but deep down I knew it was going to be cancelled. Devastating again, second year running, mate. Yeah, I mean, the government has kind of given us some pretty good news in that um, they are opening things up significantly, but it it was just after, in the UK, it was just after when download was scheduled to be on. So when you saw that, you know, you you worried that it it was going to cancel, and it did, so... Oh, well. But but Octangent is hopefully a go, which we got our tickets for the other day. Yes, that is that is the thing that's keeping me going massively, and the the lineup for it is so stacked. And uh, our guest later is also uh, also a ticket holder. So yeah, really hoping and praying for that. It seems more likely that will happen. Yeah, yeah, it's like tucked away into August. I'd hope most of the UK will be immunised by then, you know, even uh, the young folks. So, so yeah, no, it's, it's, it's really good. And uh, that lineup is absolutely stacked. I was looking through it and like each, the, the lineup in my like last three years of um, top 20 albums of the year, there's like in every, in any given year, there's kind of five or six bands that are playing on this bill. So it's like my ideal bill. Um, I think you might be telling the porcupine there. I don't remember to see Opeth. You didn't have Opeth in your top no. 20 of the No. So, you, no. so you're, you're lying to my face, which hurts the most. <laughs> <laughs> Opeth, no, one of the but, greatest bands. But in, in the bill in, 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 as a whole is what I mean. But yeah. Yeah, Opeth and Cotter Luna headlining is... What a double whammy! Ooh, indeed, using the the uh, Christian Bale gif, Ooh, yeah, from American Psycho. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and there is also a headliner to to be announced. So yeah. Ooh, thoughts? 
Go on. I think it's going to be a post-rock band, is my thought. Um, the, the, the Melvins? Could be. Uh, I, the one they always talk about, Art Tangent, and they've never got is Mogwai, who have released an album this year, so that's not m- m- out with the realms of possibility. The other one they talk about a lot as being a, a band they always want to get is the Mars Volta. So uh, who knows? Who knows? And they're re-releasing something this week, I think, as well, Mars Volta. So yeah, they're a weird one. They've kind of been around but not really together for a while. So they, so, they yeah, are obviously. a weird band. You're right. Um, <laughs> so yeah, um, the next bit of very sad news was uh, LG Petrov from Entombed passed away this week from um, cancer. Very sad. That's another God. How many musicians this year alone have gone? But yeah. um, Entombed. I was spinning uh, Left Hand Path and Wolverine Blues this week. Uh, in his honour, two fantastic albums, fantastic death metal albums. Um, but we won't dwell on that, just uh, very, very sad news, and obviously a massive influence on majority of the death metal uh, world, and other artists as well who have come out and supported, giving their condolences. Um, final bit of news is Bloodstock announced that Merciful Fate couldn't fulfil uh, their headline slot this year, so they have been replaced by uh, German Thrasher's creator as headline. Mm. Uh, are you a fan of creative? Have you ever listened to him? Uh, n- no, not particularly. No, um, I, I mean I've not never particularly listened to them. Neither good nor bad. So legendary old school trashers who uh, I saw at a festival in Germany once from afar, and they the production of the stage looked great and they sounded amazing. So should be a good time for all. But let's move on. <laughs> That's the news. Let's move on to our first album review, which is. Architects, their ninth album for those who wish to exist. Um, the Brighton Metal Corers. Um, this is the first album where they have gone and recorded everything without the uh, founding guitarist Tom Searle, who sadly passed away. So Josh Middleton is now full on in the bands and writing the riffs. Um, this is the follow up to Holy Hell, which was released in 2018. And at that point, Renny, I hand the reins over to you because you're a much bigger Architects fan than me. Although That is called passing the buck. I will. I will say, though, just just from the outset, right? Love Forever Lost Together, we did on Deep Cut. Uh, Not long ago, we both both said our love for it. And it's one of my top 20 albums of all time. So just to put that out there for context now, that's where I stand with Architects. So Yeah, I was going to say... We're, we're both fans, probably at a similar level. I, I um, personally only really got into Architects on All Our Gods Have Abandoned Us. I, and then through listening to that and really, really liking that album, I went, went back and listened to Lost Together, Lost Forever, Daybreak, I really liked. Did not so much on Hollow Crown and the earlier stuff I wasn't too much of a fan of. And to be honest, for me, Holy Hell is always a really difficult album, you know, um, I I think personally, I think All Our Gods is a, such an incredible album and a really difficult one to follow up given the circumstances. You know, the founding member, predominant songwriter dying, his his brother in the band, them all being so kind of close. It's really difficult circumstances to write an album. It's always going to be, you know, a bit of a weird one. I I liked it, um, and and then and then comes this album. <laughs> Okay. And now I hand over the razors to you. Okay. Am I going to be the first <laughs> one to go for the juggler on this? I was really interested to hear your how your... I'm, I'm actually... 
I've been really excited about recording this week to hear your reaction because we do text each other back and forth on various um, WhatsApp groups. One of our mates, uh, Lloyd, put up a video of uh, some guy on YouTube absolutely hounding this album, um, and I captured them. So I've been really excited to see what your reaction to this is going to be. Um, I will go first. Actually, first thing I'll say is this album has really divided fans. It is proper. If you look on any um, sites or um, uh, you know chat rooms, some people love it and say it's their best album they've ever made. Others say it's absolutely the worst thing they've ever made. Critics seem to be loving it. Uh, I think Kerrang gave it a big, I think five star. No surprise there from Kerrang. Um, Metal Hammer again. They were fairly um, loving it. Yeah, Steve Hill reviewed it 8 out of 10 from him. I think this is crap. Oh, straight in with the big size yep. 11 boot, straight in. Yeah. Um, okay, so I, this came out uh, about two weeks ago, and uh, I, I had no expectations what I was going in for. I didn't listen to singles, as you know, and I took it out for a spin on my early morning walk with the dog. And it did nothing for me on the first listen. Nothing until about... Sorry, I tell a lie. The first half of the album did absolutely nothing for me. It's only when you got to Imperience where I sort of perked up a bit. And then as I listened to it on the second, third time... I mean, it's 15 tracks long, this album. And it got to the stage on my third and fourth listen where I just completely lost interest towards the end of the album. It is overproduced verging on pop music and they've changed their direction so drastically along the lines of bring me the horizon that it just does not sit well with me yeah and to be honest i kind of thought i was expecting all of that from you i i I knew you i knew you wouldn't like it now this is where i stand on it so for me holy hell the last album wasn't the best it didn't have the pure visceral rage and emotion that all our gods had um they had some of the heaviness um but they were trying to go in a more kind of electronic direction you could see that they there was some more melody in, in some of those songs when i first heard this track and the, i actually first heard a couple of the singles um that released and in particular on my release radar on, on spotify um, there was a single from this Architects album followed by a single from that Bring Me EP that we reviewed a little while ago. And when I first heard this Architects single, and I, I was like, is this Bring Me the Horizon? It's like, I, I was so <laughs> they got muddled it, up. <laughs> yeah, they got muddled up. It, I mean, I so, it, I so thought it was Bring Me the Horizon. It's it just like you say, it, a very much a, a huge stylistic shift. And I hated it when I first heard it. And this is one of the good occasions where you've already mentioned we've had a little bit of delay getting around to recording this and I've had it and I've actually listened to it a load of times. I've listened to it an absolute sack of times and it has grown on me significantly to the point where I actually have gone full circle and I actually really like it. And there are... um, I will take some of the criticisms on the chin about it. I, it's definitely too long. I, 
I definitely agree with you that it's too long for this style of album. Um, I don't think the ideas involved justify a, a, a runtime of an hour. Uh, I actually really like the orchestral elements and the electronic elements. I do think that they have thrown the kitchen sink at it and that there would be an argument for it being overproduced. But I, sorry, on your point of the orchestral bits there, I um, absolutely love the orchestral bits they added on in uh, Love Forever Lost Together. I absolutely think it works so well. What I think they've done on this album is just overdone it too much. In almost majority of the tracks, they've got this um, either orchestra or electronic stuff going on. And I think it's just too much on this album yeah. for me. I can see it. I can see it. But I think what they've done is they've turned down the heaviness and the technical riffing and they've turned up these other things and that includes the orchestral bits and the electronic parts. I've got a question for you. Um, What about Sam Carter's singing and vocal range and choice of harsh and clean vocals on this album as a whole? Um, Well, the harsh vocals are limited. Um, it's it's definitely more clean singing. I think he's got a great clean vocal. If if that's what you're getting at, I think he d- he does. There's no denying that. Um, it fits perfectly with the the, the style they've gone. Um, yeah, that's where I stand on it, and I don't really have much more to say <laughs> on that. I yeah. uh, counter question to you: Does this still sound like art- architects to you? No, I, this is something I wanted to say. Like. I we've we've said it already. I really like those albums, um, but we also know that metalcore as a genre. I, I do think architects have always been slightly set aside from the pack. That they are a much more technical band, and with Tom Searle, that their riffs were always super technical and almost bordering on genty, albeit in the context of a metalcore band. Metalcore is a limited genre. It is almost running its course. And I do think Architects would struggle to keep making the same album again and again and for it still to appeal and hold any kind of artistic value. And and I guess what I'm kind of trying to say is that last album, it didn't have the pure rage of the album before. And for that reason, it just kind of, for me, was a lot less interesting. And so I guess what I'm trying to say is actually I'm pretty pleased that Architects as a band haven't made 10 albums that all sound exactly the same of middle of the road metalcore. I am actually quite encouraged by them going in a different direction and trying something new. And the other thing I'd say is they've lost something significant in Tom Searle. And so rather than try and kind of recreate it in a, in a, a pale, weak imitation, they have gone a different route. And and I kind of respect them for that. Sorry, I know you're dying to jump in. The last thing I wanted to say is, in with regards to you mentioning the poppiness and the commercial kind of direction that they've taken on this record, this is something that architects historically have got themselves in a lot of bother with. Um, When they released Hollow Crown, it was really... Um, really popular. It kind of set set them on the path to quite widespread success, certainly in the UK. Then to follow that album, they released the Here and Now, which um, they turned up the melodic elements. They had a lot more melodic vocals during the choruses. 
and that was seen by many as a kind of a play for commerciality and Radio One play and everything else. But no one likes that record. The band hate that record. It's self-confessed that they, they would never play an out, uh, a song for that live. Um, so I think they've learned that lesson to a degree. And I don't think this sounds like a commercial metalcore, like a Barry Tomorrow or something like that. It does sound slightly different. And it does sound like Bring Me Horizon. But I do also think Bring Me Horizon do sound like their own thing, if that makes sense. Yeah, I know know what you're trying to say there. Um, Architects have... So when Bring Me the Horizon went from... um, uh, Was it Sempaternal into That's the Spirit? It was a complete... You know, Sempaternal was pure, you know, visceral metal with harsh vocals, bit of um, clean. And then they went to This the Spirit... Or That's the Spirit, sorry. And there was no distorted guitars. It was all clean vocals architects on this album have and sorry i said crap at the start that's probably a bit fair, unfair but they've at least melded a bit of it together which keeps my interest a little bit with the harsh vocals um but what i don't like is the fact that they've pretty much taken not all but a majority of the guitar work on this album completely out and i've just gone down the pop direction um what i wanted to talk about quickly just um I was talking about fans and how they're being divided. I just want to read this. I, I, I went into a few uh, websites when, you know, researching for the show, and um, I just happened to come across this message board where it was, you know, one to ten, ten being the best, one being the worst. And this quote from someone um, pretty much sums up, which I think I'll just read it to you quickly. While some awful bands innovating, coming up with new sounds, the new inverted commas sound architects have chosen for this album is so generic and copycat that this is a real disappointment. Coming off the back of technical masterpieces in their last few albums with a guitar-focused sound, for those that wish to exist, strips all that away to provide a vocal-driven album with a spattering of power chords and GCSE-level breakdowns that I struggle to call metal. So that is the, the sort of... But then on the other hand, there's, you know, 10 out of 10 saying this is fantastic it's the best album they've ever done you know progressing and we often talk about bands progressing um you know standing still writing the same album over and over again does nothing for bands and needs to be progression i think from my point of view they progressed too quickly from holy hell to this and mm. that's why i can't live with this album yeah i i mean on the point of the guitar work we all know Josh Middleton is an extremely accomplished guitarist from Silosis, an absolute riff monster, writes absolute mammoth, technically difficult riffs for fun. Um, So his inclusion in the band made a lot of sense. And you you would have assumed that they would carry on in that lineage of of just carrying on that really technical style of um, heavy riffing. But like you say, that that definitely takes a backseat on this record. There's no, like, there's no way I can defend that in any way. Um, all I, all I have said is I was like you and maybe this other guy when I first heard it, but having listened to it a lot and it, and I mean a lot, I don't know why I've kept going back to it. And I think that's sometimes a sign of, of really good records is there's just something in the back of your mind that makes you want to listen to it again. Um, 
but going back to it a lot of times, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, is it? Whereas I've, been, I've been the opposite. Sorry to cut across you. The yeah, more I've yeah, listened yeah. to it, the more it's I've had to turn off. You know, about track, track ten or eleven because it just it grates me. Yeah, I mean, the other thing I wanted to mention is is not only just the guitar that's been toned down. I would say Dan Searle is one of the great drummers um, of this scene in the UK in, yeah. in terms of UK metalcore, um, and is technically very technically adept himself. And again, a very little tech. There's very little of him on this record as well. There's a lot of fairly standard drum work some definitely some electronic beats in there instead um so so i thought that was a bit of a shame as especially as there's talk of him kind of stepping up as the main songwriter and the band leader as, as such so i i thought that was a little bit of a shame yeah um well i mean there's we'll just quickly before we finish up benny because we, we're running out of time um there's a couple of tracks like impermanence in, in, in is um, probably my favourite track in it. It's got a good little Rammstein-style military riff to it, and um, Winston, Chur- Winston Churchill, <laughs> Winston-, <laughs> Winston Churchill guest appearance. Winston- he's, he's a heavy metal gods having been on Aces High. <laughs> I made from Winston-, Winston McCall from Parkway Drive, um, lending his vocals to it is a, a nice. That that's the heaviest bit of the album, I think. Um, yeah, that's that's the you know I think what they've written is they've written. Um, arena rock sing along punk songs really for this record. Yeah, I wanted one well, just wanted to highlight one song. Goliath, I think, is a really good um, track. That's towards the end of the album. That that track in particular has got a really nice technical riff that um, presumably Josh Middleton has written, um, which is a bit more typical of Architects, um, and it it does provide a bit of a nice contrast to the rest of the album which is noticeably like you've described and, and um, that's um, that, simon neil guess from biffy on it, yeah isn't it? from biffy and i think he does a great job because he he's a brilliant singer but he's a, he sings in a very heavy kind of gruff growl on this voice and sounds really great like he's clearly known for his pop style singing but um so yeah, he fits he on this record on well then but he's, he he clear, he would normally, but he he does something slightly different on yeah. that track. So yeah, I really liked it. Um, do you want to go first or will I? Um, I'll go first. Okay. Um, I I really liked All Our Gods. I would put that up at, at nine out of ten. Um, but this for me is a seven, which is is pretty good considering I as as like you, I hated it the first time I heard it. I was really shocked. So seven out of ten for me. Okay, uh, it's a five from me. Oh, yeah. And I <laughs> hate to say, I hate to say it because, like I said, I loved Lost Forever, All Our Gods, even Holy Hell. Um, you know, has some really good stonking tracks on it, but this not not for me at all. Um, and look, the band uh, they got a number one album of this in the UK and Australia, so they're clearly not. Um, short of adoring fans but uh no not would you go and see him on this tour oh do you know what i was thinking that and i probably i'd be more swayed to not at the moment if sorry let's just say for example we're all desperate to 
City like a uh, local covers yeah. band in the pub at the moment. But yeah, I, it's more of a Sorry, general if, point. If, so, yeah. if, it, if it was like the first gig out of after COVID and they said, tomorrow yeah, you can go course, see Architects, yeah. yes, of course. If it was normal times and this come out, I probably wouldn't bother. No. Mm-hmm. At a festival, yes, I'd go watch them. I'd go watch them, obviously, but no, not for me. Um, so that's uh, that's by far the lowest I've given any album. Uh, Worse than Mushroom Heads. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> what did you give? <laughs> the watermark. Gave... Well, hang on a minute. You gave... I gave Mushroom Head six. Famously. Yeah, and you, and you <laughs> gave Frozen Soul a five. Yeah. There you go. Which, yeah. Um, that's the beauty of music, our opinions. <laughs> you said that slightly gritted. Gritted teeth. teeth. <laughs> um, Fury. Okay. Uh, Architects, those who wish to exist, uh, it's out now on Epitaph Records. Uh, moving on to Harakiri for the Sky and their album Mare, I think M A E R E. Um, it is the fifth album by the Austrian post metal band. Um, their last album was called Arsenal in 2018. Benny, Harakiri for the Sky, you familiar with these gents? Yes, um, I very much enjoyed their last record, and it's kind of it's a style of black metal that I most most vibe with that kind of progressive black metal style. So I I was really interested in in this kind of early part of the year when releases have been a bit weak. Um, do you know? Yeah, it's something I've been looking forward to. Yeah, it's been um. Uh... <laughs> iffy start to the year, isn't it? This quarter. Yeah, it has. Um, That's fair. But this, this album, okay. Harakiri for the Sky. Um, two piece in the studio. Um, yeah, on stage, they obviously bring a backing band. Backing band? Live band. Um, yeah. Post-Black Metal indeed. This album, I will hold my hands up, it took me about six times to click. Um, and the main reason for this is the length of the album. Do you agree with that? Far too long. Far, Far too, too long. long. I mean, it's an hour and I think 15 minutes. Oh no, it's an hour and a half, I think actually. Yeah, it's an hour and 24 <laughs> minutes. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> look, okay, before we go on to the negative, let's just focus on the positive first. The first three tracks are some of the best songs written, certainly this year, by a long mile. And I would probably say in this genre, some of the best ever written in this post-metal, black metal genre, whatever you want to call it. Um, They incorporate a style of ferocious blast beats with luscious lead guitars over the top and some extraordinary keys to meld all together. These guys are masters of their craft and what they have done in the three years between the last album and now, they it feels like they have poured everything they've got into this record. Yes. I mean, you've hit the nail right in the head for me. I, for me, um, it's akin to some of... The, in the last few years, there's been some extreme metal albums that, that are kind of double or even triple albums that I've really loved. Um, the two examples I've got for you are um, Shamash um, released an album called Triangles, which was, I think, a double album, which 
I absolutely loved. And uh, a band close to both of our hearts, Swallow the Sun, released Songs from the North, which was a triple album. And what I love about these really expansive, extreme metal, post-black, black gaze albums is, for me, they're, they're kind of perfect albums um, to put on at night. And in a way, at that time, like the long run time is not a problem because you can just drift in and out and, and the longer the better, quite frankly. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's just excellent kind of rich production. We've talked about production a lot on this show, in particular with black metal. This is quite the opposite. It really rich, really clarity on all the instruments. Um, like we've discussed on the other projects that we've liked, like like Winterfire Left, the, the singing is almost taking a bit of a backseat to the music. Um, the guitars and the drums are much higher up in the mix. The singing is almost there to kind of flavour it a little bit. Um, the musicianship, the technicality, these guys are... You know, A1. often A one, yeah. Often when you think of black metal, you think of just frantic tremolo riff and kind of sitting on the double bass um, or, or or rapid snare. Whereas this is re- they run the full gamut of, of kind of musical technicality, which brings in that progressive element and, and makes you really kind of of like it. I, I love the song structures. They have this the kind of the post metal and the post rock way of doing it, of building these big grand epics with big crescendos. And it is not kind of verse chorus, verse chorus stuff. So um, for me, yeah, it just, it absolutely hits the nail on the head. And um, the second track sing for the damage we've done features um, the Alcest uh, lead singer. Yes. And and it's funny before even, um, before I even read about that, you could just you could feel there was that Alcest sort of feel to it. I think the first, like I said, the first two tracks are absolutely brilliant. Us Against the Skies, the third trap uh, track, it has a an identical Opeth riff on here, which opens it up. It's unashamedly Opeth, um, but it's got a great little melodic interlude to kick things off. Then those harsh vocals. The one thing that why it took me so long to to really love this album was the vocals really annoyed me at first. Do you know how you discussed time and time again about Sam Carter and Architects? How you yeah. have it, it, it can grate you, but you see through yeah. it. It was yeah. exactly the same on this. At the time I listened to the album for the first few times, the vocals really put me off and was sort of irritating to an extent, but like I'm you surprised. Said, I, I mean, I'm slightly surprised. There's nothing totally original or particularly striking about them. What what was it? That... It's 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 the um, I don't know. This sort of like a monotone. There's no real. Okay. Yeah. yeah Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Do you know what I mean? I um, get that. Yeah. Um, and it just grated me. But once I sort of like you said, and you said it perfectly. Once you sort of realise that the music is the main element of this album and then the vocal is like a, a, an instrument, like you said, you just absolutely cannot adore what they're doing on this album. I think, you know, the, 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 we, we'll say it now, it is too long. It is far it too, is long. too long. They, yeah, they could have cut long. this down to 50 minutes. Um, you know, they from track one 
up to track six, seven maybe, they've already showcased what they can do. There's no need to go any further than that. Um, I think for new fans especially, because like you said, Arson, you enjoyed, I love their old stuff. But for new fans, if you came in on this album, you know, an hour and a half. It's intimidating, it, isn't it? It, it, it is. It's and especially especially if you put on the first three tracks and thought, you know, if you've never heard it before, especially this genre of being post-metal, because post-metal is, I don't really like the word post-metal, but it is what it is. Mm-hmm. But if you've never listened to this genre before, it can be very intimidating. And listening to the first three tracks, if you think, right, that's half an hour gone, I've got another hour of this, it would turn a lot of people off. <laughs> do, you, but do you know when where you I'm coming from? Like that, when you said like <laughs> that, for sure. It would. Yeah. Um, but look, that's a, that's, that is, it is quite a big downside for me for this album. But yeah, that aside, me too. That aside, I mean, we, we always speak, like, when you look at albums on Spotify or whatever, you, you, you often flick to the bottom and go, right, how long is this album? And... I sent you. I said to you to listen to the first Gravesend album the other day, which is fifteen minutes. Seeing a fifteen-minute album, you think that's brilliant. I can, yeah. you know, <laughs> I'll do the washing up while I'm listening to it. Um, but yeah, seeing it an hour and a half is really intimidating. Um, so, but look, for our listeners out there, what I will say: give it a chance because it will, at first, it might grate you, and the, the length yeah. of time will put you off a bit. But I can say overall. This is an absolutely fantastic album. What you might want to do with it is even break it into EPs, like listen to the first three tracks several yeah. times in a row, rather than trying to digest the whole thing as a whole, because, you know, that is, it is too much. I mean, the, the one more thing I wanted to say about this, what I loved about this album is how many genres of metal they cover in this album and you can almost list any genre and there is elements of it Mm. like clearly black metal is an important part clearly progressive metal clearly the kind of black gazy alcest or um, death heaven even um they've got the folkier aspects a bit like winter phyleth they've got the more progressive out black metal aspects like Numenorean bands like that. They've even got kind of classic metal in there in the way that almost traditional metal riffing. Uh, you, you mentioned it earlier, how, how the, the leads kind of shine over the top and often the, the, the leads are quite traditional in, in the terms of metal. They've kind of got symphonic elements, reminds me a little bit of um, the Unrequited album in places. Um, they've got... The, kind of passages where it goes almost like black and hardcore um, in the verses. So I I just think the only thing I would almost say about that is I've listed quite a few bands there and you think of people like Alcest and they've got their own style and you think of Winterfell, they've got their own style. One thing that that I kind of left, left me thinking about this album is do Harry Curry for the Sky have their own style or is it so they they they've just melded so many different bits together that it isn't actually one thing in itself do, am I making sense there is it yeah I, I I do know what you mean and I suppose when you say it like that I suppose they do have their own style because they have gelled all of this together they're not just picking on one so I, I do know what you're saying it's very difficult to put a, a lens on it yeah I mean I just felt that they brought so much in that actually not one thing you, you kind of don't 
you, you're left thinking it it's like if you you mix the palette together of all the different colors mm. well in the end it just turned brown and a horrible brownie sludgy color rather than mixing two colors together you mix it you know uh, uh, i put my primary and secondary colors to the test here but like a red <laughs> and a, a red and a blue and you get a lovely purple do you know yeah whereas i think they've kind of put all the colors in and it's turned out a bit of a mucky brown and it, and you kind of left thinking oh well maybe they put too much in there but again that along with the length of the yoni two negatives but i, I totally think this is um it to that really... to that point, sorry to cut across, mate. Um, we have to move on quickly. But to that point, I think what you're what is probably for them as a live band is probably a positive because they can fit almost in any bill. Now, download you probably is not happening. But when I'm thinking like an arc tangent or probably Hellfest fourth stage, you could put them, you know, before Cult of Luna. You could put them, you know before Dillinger, when things like that, you know. Um, yeah, like Damnation, Protest, yeah, um, yeah all, all sort, Lords of the Land, all sorts. Yes. So, yeah, I, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, look, for me, great album. Um, I will say it's too long, and for that reason, it's going to be a seven. Yeah, but, straight down the bat, seven for me as well. Yeah, just, like, just the length really is a, it's a tough hour and a half. It must be. Vinny, quick question for you. Is it easier to listen to this album for an hour and a half or watch Arsenal for an hour and a half? Oh, <laughs> much, I'd much rather listen to this multiple times. Over. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, so that was Harakiri for the Sky and the album. Mayor, please do give it a listen. Do not let us put us off, uh, put you off. And now we're going to move on to our deep cut American Head Charge The War of Art released in 2018 released on American Recordings and for this little segment you probably haven't noticed that we've gone seamlessly from our first two albums into this section we have brought in our VIP special guest Mr Oliver Hill coming live from the Shire in Dorset Mr Hill how are you? Oh, I'm upset. It, it was released in 2001. Other than that, we've got off to a good start. Um, I, I think. I, did I not say 2001? You said 2018. <laughs> did I? <laughs> Where did 2018 ambitious. come from? <laughs> that was that was when new metal was really hitting. Ah, so, <laughs> oh, I teed up with a seamless pun and everything, and it's just absolutely shit out. Right, you two just carry on between. Oh, wonderful. Now, I was worried about. Uh, yeah, I was worried about not sounding like I know uh, what I'm on about, but I'm keen. I've <laughs> I, I no idea where 2018 come from. It's not even the year we're in. Anyway, um, 2001. Sorry, thanks for uh, thanks for cl- clarifying that, Ollie. Oh, uh, uh, well, that's, that's why he's here. That's yeah, that's why he's here. Expert. So, for a little background, uh, Ollie Hill is the biggest Mudvayne fan we certainly know. He's got it inked on his skin. And he is definitely the biggest head charge fan um, we know. And I'm looking forward to this because there's going to be some good stories. Um, <laughs> there's a couple of stories when we saw them at Download and at Ozfest 2001 or 2000. <laughs> the one, the one. I don't know. Um, anyway, so we'll kick off American Head Charge: The War of Art. Okay, Venny. Your opinion on American Head Charge as a band first? Well, 
they were clearly during the height of the new metal era and i have very fond memories of this album um going back to uh those new metal days (laughs) going back two years (laughs) (laughs) hey there new metal um but yeah but but um yeah it's uh, and listening back it was like listening with with fresh ears it was uh it was a really enjoyable experience and ollie oh sorry mate go on carry on no no i I mean no throw to ollie um already right ollie so when when did you first become aware of this band and how was it through so usually back in those days we had no twitter or instagram it was just like myspace can you remember where you first heard this band was it like a a metal hammer uh, attached cd or yeah Kerrang, Kerrang, I think. Kerrang. Um, I actually tried to look it up earlier today, but I couldn't find which one. But yeah, it was on a Kerrang, and I was riding the wave of GCSE bribery in that my folks were buying me CDs for good grades. So <laughs> one album for a C, two albums for a B, three albums for an A. So, so how many albums did you get that year? Just this one, just this one. <laughs> God bless general studies. Um, and yeah, it was, it was, it was just on one of your God knows what Kerrang, Kerrang album, whatever it was. And yeah, heard. I don't actually know which track it was. I Would it be Violent Reaction? I Possibly. Think it was. I think it was Violent Reaction. Um, anyway, second I heard it, yeah, that's it. That's that's for me. Off I trundle, take mum down to HMV and pull. Mum, can I have my next album, please? Away we go. <laughs> and that was that was that was getting this album. And yeah, I mean for me, that this this is the this is music peaked. This is it. This is it. <laughs> there's nothing. There's nothing. I I see no shame in it. I am new metal in this era through to the core. And this was just, was I the right age? Was it the right time? I was what? What were you then? What were you at GCSE? 16? 17? 16, yeah. yeah. Peak. 16 years old. I've got absolutely no life experiences, no reason to be grumpy at all, but you feel it. And then here's these guys making a lot of noise and screaming. And yeah, it, it was just perfect for me. Perfect. Was it? Um, because because the thousand one was also the same time as Slayer released "God Hates Us All," which we spoke about on this show previously, and is by far one of the best metal albums of all time. I think Venny will certainly agree. Ollie, I don't know your opinion, but then this band came out and were they different to what was out there at the time? I mean, new metal was fairly generic in terms of you had mushroom head dressing up, Slipknot dressing up, uh, mud vein. Did American head charge have something a bit different? Was it their, um, their, their appearance or did they actually play good music for you? Um, I can't really talk to how it compared to the slayers and the likes because I've got no place to be on here. I'm not a heavy metal fan and I think new metal hit me perfectly because that was metal for me. I mean, I, I still like all the other stuff, but prior to prior to new metal in those couple of years, I was just Fatboy Slim, Leftfield, The Prodigy, you know, this this was all brand new. So 
even to the day now, you know, I obviously respect and, and, and like Slayer and stuff, but I've never owned an album. I'll never listen to it in full. That's, that's, that's not me. So when I heard this, I've, for, for me, music's always been about the lyrics and the song. I, I, rarely, okay. I, rarely hear, I rarely hear the actual music itself. Um, I'm always listening to the story, the song and the words and what's going on there. So straight away, you're onto a win when you have got an absolute belter of a vocalist, as you have here. Absolute phenomenal going, you know, all over the place. He's got the whole range covered in a one Um That helps massively. And then you've just got some weird shit chucked in there. The sampling's weird. Everything else is weird. And yeah, yeah I think that was just it enough to hook me, basically. Very interesting point on the vocals because I had this as one of my questions and I'll go to you quickly, Venny. As a vocalist, and we've, look, we're going to be cemented in this new metal theme for the evening, but as a vocalist, how different was he compared to other vocalists in the scene around this time in the new metal genre? He's he's an interesting vocalist. I think it's Cameron Haycock, is that his name? Mm-hmm. Um, but Again, listening to it with fresh ears now, it's quite a heavy vocal style. For what you think of new metal, you kind of think of Linkin Park and you think of um, kind of System of a Down and you think of more melodic, commercially minded singing. Whereas American Head Charge, the um, the vast majority of the singing is very harsh, distorted vocal and, and doesn't really have that kind of commercial appeal. But I think what really makes him stand out is his melodic vocal is a really interesting, slightly low-pitched, pitched, almost not ten, not quite a tenor, but like a really almost operatic style. And it, it works, like in this context, it works so well. Yeah, and because this is around the time of the sort of like Slipknot, we're, we're really getting to break it big. Um, this sort of melodic singing amongst these harsh vocals was Slipknot didn't do that at the time, but have now gone into this with um, what was the album where they started using clean singing? Liminal Versus? Was it that one? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So American Head Charge to an extent, and Ollie, you might correct me on this, but I think American Head Charge sort of really started this style of these harsh vocals, but than the cleans as well. Most notably on the track on this album, Just So You Know, was a real um, juxtaposition. And Slipknot took it on later in their career, whereas Slipknot at the time were just, you know, think of their debut album was just chaotic. It was just Corey Taylor shouting and screaming, whereas American Head Charge really brought something different to the table. I I mean... I, sorry, I, the only thing I would agree with that broadly, but a lot of the new metal was kind of predicated on that style of having quite harsh vocal. Like even on Slipknot's debut, you had Wait and Bleeds. You had that super distorted style in the verse, and then the super melodic style in in the chorus. But what I think sets Head Charge apart is that that melodic style isn't your kind of typical top forty harmonic uh vocals it is it's kind of a bit different and i think that's why what kind of makes it appeal it's not this kind of clean cut boy band singing it's a little bit different uh it's still melodic it's still cleaner but it's it's a bit more interesting for me i completely agree the the switch and i think 
I think you see it a lot now, and you guys will probably know the technical name for the genre, where you have, you know, the two singers who are a, a complete opposite end of the spectrum to each other. Um, and I think here he manages to cover the shouting, the screaming, the growling, and the singing, but the singing isn't bang, switch to someone else, or just completely break it, you know, I'm coming out of the song or out of the story that we're telling here uh, to just do some really nice singing. He's still, you can still hear the pain, the frustration, whatever it is in there, but he's doing it in a really melodic, surprising way. It, 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 yeah, it just, I just think it's phenomenal. Yeah. I, the other thing I'd say about it is it's used actually quite sparingly. It's, it's takes, I think on the first track, Violent Reaction, it does come in, but it's actually only relatively later in the track that there's, and it's only for a very short period. And then later in the album, it's used a little bit more, but that's that's a, the other thing that I quite liked about it. It wasn't just in your face, oh, we're going to be a popular metal, uh, like a new metal band, and here's our clean singing bit. They actually held it back um for when it, it most suits the song rather than just shoehorning it in, which which I thought was a big kind of positive. Uh, I yeah. think... Sorry, go on, Ollie. I was going to say, I 100% agree. So, something I'll come back to is you say use it sparingly, and I don't mean this in a negative way at all, but there's not a lot there. They're short songs, and there's an obscene amount of repetition in all of them, both in the music and the lyrics. They, you know, three minutes and you've got a very few lines dragged out over it and over, over again. But yeah, he, I, I feel when he goes clean, it's not, when, when, when you listen to the bits where he's singing in a melodic, nice way, in a lot of the songs, they're actually the more depressing, worst parts of it. And it, and it, and it, and it feels to me like that's him being open and honest, as opposed to someone's just screamed for three minutes and so now I'll do a little three-minute upbeat singing type bit to, to make sure I get the poppy fans in there. It actually feels like that's the honest part of it, of of him and, and the rest of it is um, you know, just 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 shouting and screaming out of pure frustration. Which again coming back to me being sixteen years old and really starting <laughs> to parents. get into this. Oh lovely stuff, yeah. <laughs> lovely stuff. It's exactly what you want to hear, isn't it? Exactly what you want to hear. <laughs> I think at the time when I Venny, you said at the start, coming back on a fresh pair of ears to this. Um, I think I underappreciated this album at the time to an extent because New Metal was an absolute just hurricane, snowstorm of just Linkin Park, Limp Biscuit, Il Nino, Dry Kill Logic. You know, you could go on of all these bands sound the same. But when I actually put it back mm. on and listened to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> mud vein no, sorry no 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 let's not let's not tar the biscuit they did some good stuff three dollar bill is <laughs> put the other stuff aside three dollar bill is a belter okay i'll take your word for that um my, <laughs> point, my point was um you know the, the new metal thing but when you actually listen to this album i i absolutely loved getting back into it and listening to all the the samples and one thing that really stood out for me in this album which i definitely didn't realize at the time is the bass is so high up in the mix and the bass and the percussion together um when you listen to like uh the second track is it pushing the envelope oh yeah oh yeah the bass on that it just and throughout the whole album it's not just one song it's so like high up in the mix Venny, go on can i i just wanted to pick you up on that point 
I I mean, I didn't know a lot about this either, and it was just through reading up for the show that I the the bass player Chad I think is one of the kind of founding members of the band, and I think was clearly a driving force behind the music and to bring together two of Ollie's biggest passions and Mudvayne and and this and Head Charge. The bass is so prominent in both bands and such an important part of both bands. And I think that comes from those two guys being the kind of linchpins of the band. And um, yeah, I, I agree. It's, um, it's not something I necessarily appreciated at the time, for sure. But that's what I mean. Coming back and listening to it Fresh Ears, you're picking up so many different things. Ollie touched on the samples. There's so many subtle, not overly done samples that just fits so well into the tracks. Um, the- I've just got one more quick point just on that, just a question, quick question for you, Jerry, and maybe Ollie, you can follow it up. But with in terms of listening to it now, um, this also, so did you see who the production credit was for this album? Mr. Sean, Sean Crayon. No, sorry, it was um, uh, Rick Rubin. Rick Rubin, yeah, really yeah. shocked me that this was a Rick Rubin produced album. But so, how how do you both feel it sound like listening to it now? How do you how do you think the production and everything sounds listening to it now and three years on in twenty twenty one? I think it stands up well. It's 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 Rick Rubin at that time on American Recordings was putting out. Um, numerous metal albums and was System of a Down everyone went to him like and um, it's actually the story goes um, and Ollie probably will correct me but um, that American Hedgehog was signed to the the record label because the System of a Down bassist Shavo Dabajin or whatever uh, Rick Rubin approached him and said oh have you got any bands on the horizon and he pointed them in the direction of Hedgehog and um, that's how they were signed to his, uh, his album it went sour after that, but that's how the story goes. Um, but Rick Rubin was rife in it at the time, wasn't he? He was just spitting out albums. He must have made a fortune during this period. He must have, it's weird because like Rick Rubin before New Metal wasn't a particularly metal producer and then after hasn't been a metal producer. He like, produces all the big pop artists and everything else. Like It's such a weird... like He just was well into it, uh, deep into it like in that short period and then and then wasn't again, but um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ollie, what do you make of the sound of it? Like when you stick it on now, what do you reckon? What from a from a just on the has, way it has, sounds? Has it aged and has that yeah. sa- has that sound aged? Exactly. Probably slightly. Does the production stand up and is it does it still sound amazing? Then yeah, yeah. I mean, it's got all those all those areas in it. It's 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 is it is it really com is it complex? I think it's complex. It goes to a lot of different places. I'm not saying musically it's complex. I'm not saying that. I'm saying it goes to a lot of different places. There's a lot of emotions right there in in a very short span of time. And I think probably more of that is down to production and how these guys were steered than uh, is just purely down to them don't know about that that's me just guessing but i i get the feeling it took a lot of work to uh to get that to sound how it does and 
and I'm glad they did it. It, it, it sounds absolutely amazing. It sounds absolutely amazing. I reg, what's that? I regularly, regularly, honestly, when I said it to you jokingly, when you're saying, listen up, this is still a regular play for me. Still a regular play for me. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But that's because this is, that's because this, this is, this is my genre. This is me. Bang. New metal, stick a flag in it, it's done. So let's not, it, let's not bother mucking around after that. Is it's the, good because it, it's kind of seen as a dirty word now. So it's no, good that no. you are so like, where, where, know, where are all the hipsters surprised? wouldn't have that. But it's good that you're uh, so... Five years' time know, they will be. Unflinching about it. Five years' yeah, time when we go back to Tangent and they'll be all wearing their grey machine washed Lincoln Park t-shirts and <laughs> mushroom head shirts Fuck I've I've got I've, to steal your favourite phrase I've got no bones with saying new metals there's some awesome stuff there's a lot of shit there always is a lot of shit but there's some awesome stuff and this is this is this is this is there this is up there it's, it's phenomenal stuff and it's and it still sounds it and is today the um we spoke about earlier about um before you joined us uh ollie about the harakiri for the sky album being an hour and a half long and how that's quite long for an album this is this this um head charge one comes in around hour and 10 minutes do you think it's too long do you think there's some for me personally i think they probably could have cut a few songs oh i'd love to hear what that is it's 107 and I'd love what? to hear what the cut. <laughs> I'd love to hear what the cut is. My no, just my. There's a few songs in there where, sorry, I'm not naming songs particularly, but I think they could have taken out a few tracks to lessen it. So but... there's one song in my revision pack which I suspect we agree on. Which my comments are quite simply, quite simply, skip it. I, okay, I got... is that breathing bleed out? No, that's phenomenal. No, that's. Phenomenal. <laughs> uh, is it? We believe. That's phenomenal. That's phenomenal. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Mean, there's sixteen tracks. Now. Sixteen <laughs> tracks and they will be here all night. <laughs> I I mean for for my money, Jerry, I do slightly agree that they probably could have trimmed the fat slightly on it. Um and for me, I'm I'm totally captivated by the start of this album. I think it starts off it's an absolute face melter to start off with um and it just comes roaring out of the traps but like mm. doesn't with no let up for five or six tracks but actually towards the end i'm a little bit fatigued by it and i appreciate if you love it and you, you've loved it for 20 years and that's slightly different but for for me they probably could have trimmed a bit of fat towards the end of the album i i would go as so <laughs> Do you genuinely think at the end, if, if there's any fat to trim, it is in the middle. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But certainly, reach and touch, all wrapped up and nothing gets at the, as an yeah. ending three Let's, are absolute yeah. blinders. Yeah. In I the mean... middle, in the middle, there's a, there is, I won't say a bit of fat, but if I had to, there's, there's a couple of bits that can go there. So I, I do agree. But one of the things I love so much about this album, which I don't find happens that often with albums is I can't stop it until it's finished because the ending is so strong and yeah. there's quite a lot of albums I regularly listen to which I can get to track seven and go right I've, I've you know I've hit the 80% mark there's one good track left in amongst the next four so I'll knock it on the head there you can't I can't do that with this I can't do that with this it's just such I, a strong end 
I, I fully agree. The starting of the the first few tracks um, are brilliant. I actually think the the second half or the yeah the second half of the album probably is where it really gets kicking off for me, um, and then agreed in the middle. I think when it gets to all wrapped up, to go from sort of a bit of a is lol the right word for me probably in the few tracks and then all wrapped up the Panama song is probably one of the heaviest songs on the album. It's such a treat to have that thrown in at the end. Yeah. All wrapped up's an absolute blinder. <laughs> absolute uh, blinder. That correct me if I'm wrong, but is that one of their kind of live staples, like one of their in inverted commas classic tracks that they'd play every time live? Uh, of the one time out of four I've tried to see them live, <laughs> they played that track. Yes, I'll give you that. <laughs> they've, got, they've got the highest um, purchase ticket to actually seen fail gig ratio of mine of all time. <laughs> I think it's probably about time then that we bring in the uh, the story that we've all the big been... guns. Uh, yeah, so... <laughs> This has all been a massive ruse just covering the album. It's just here to tell for Ollie Hill to tell us a story about the time he got head charged to sign his tits. So <laughs> let's hand it over to you and Ollie, please enlighten us. Hi, Benny here. Uh, this is Nedit. Ollie is about to regale us with his famous American head charge story, which is brilliant uh, and hilarious, albeit quite long. Um, so on this very episode we have been digging out harry curry for the sky for their long running time and we're in danger of being massive hypocrites so what we have done is taken out the story from here and put it as its own standalone special where you can hear it in its full unadulterated glory um where it's here we'll just carry on with the deep cut review cheers well look does anyone have any <laughs> let's just quickly stand out tracks Benny, you go first. Well, Give me what's going your... on here? We're just going to skim over. You guys have finally got hold of a decent album, and you're just going <laughs> to you're just going to skim over. Let's talk about two standout tracks. Job done. <laughs> to, to, to be fair, you've taken forty minutes of your stories, so we need to try and condense it a bit. Um, I I've already talked about the way I love the way the album opens. I think the first five six tracks are absolute stonkers but the one i wanted to speak about briefly was one that caught me by surprise a little bit that i really like listening to it again recently was shut down yes oh yes i don't know is ollie is this like one of their classic hits or is nah, this not a not, deep cut that we're just like i i thought this is a great track not yeah. as not as far as i'm aware not as far as aware. and I'll, I'll be honest i think shut down uh, if, if you'd asked me about shutdown when this first came out, I probably would have said, "Oh, that's a bit of a weak one." But yeah, as, as I've as I've got older and as I've listened to it more and more and more, and as I've developed this entirely fabricated and overly complex story about the album, that that for <laughs> me is a very key key song, and I, I I think it's an absolutely phenomenal song, absolutely phenomenal song. Backed backed here as well. Joey, what's your uh, standouts? Yeah, I I had shut down as well, but I suppose uh, my standout in addition to that is all wrapped up. Fucking great track, heavy as motherfucker. Yeah, 
yeah, it's super fast. Just one quick thing. I don't know, like, clearly back in 2001, we weren't well-versed in the kind of history of metal and everything else. But to me, listening to that now, there's an awful lot... I mean, American... One word we've not said in this whole discussion is industrial. Like, mm. American Head Charge have a strong industrial kind of influence on them. And all wrapped up, there is a lot of ministry on that. And there's quite a few tracks on here that I thought ministry had kind of heavily influenced them on. Um, that, in particular, that kind of industrial churning repeating riffs all the samples and yeah i i mean that was something that again we wouldn't have appreciated at the time but listening to it with fresh ears now it's something you can pick up 100 percent. well it's, it's completely industrial it's got every every noise on there going that that leads you down that way isn't it it's, yeah it's yeah absolute absolute blinder well, and and they've toured with them as well. They American Head Charge supported Ministry oh, right. on a few tours, so it's uh, no surprise. They also supported Mudvayne, Ollie. I'd say that is your oh oh dear. I yeah yeah. I thought as much. Oh, your ideal dear. tour. Yeah. Mudvayne headlining, Head Charge supporting, and Limbus get opening. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what what one thing that I quite Bring liked out. when I was researching <laughs> was. Uh, I came across this thing called uh, the Head to Head Tour, which was uh, um, Head PE, Mushroom Heads, and American Head Charge all playing on the same bill. Sign me up. <laughs> all the heads. <laughs> all, all the heads. The Head to Heads 2 Tour. I loved that. Because the, that was uh, the Head PE drummer is now the, the Head Charge drummer, isn't he? So... All right. Good. Are they charge still going? I think they're gone, aren't they? Well, I mean, that's a completely different discussion. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah true, true. Sorry, yeah, you're yeah. right, Ollie. That I is... think, I think, I think there is still music being produced and released under that name. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I it did, again just reading up a bit for this. It did uh, quite saddening, like how. I didn't realise that a couple of the guys had died from the band, like yeah. one back in the heyday and then one more recently, the Chad, the, Chad, the yeah. bassist. And I thought that's quite sad. And like, especially reading about how the guy died on the tour bus um, originally uh, back in the day, that sounded pretty grisly. Um, I think they're all pretty well into their drugs um, after the success they got on this album. After, after meeting Ollie Hill in a small pub. <laughs> <laughs> probably. Yeah, that probably, probably didn't help them. But I, I would say, I wouldn't say after the success of this album. I mean, you listen, I hear this album and, and, and all I hear is, 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 is a story and is a struggle with drugs and is relationships. I, I, I think that's always been an issue so i i think that's i think that's all in there i mean obviously I mean, it's it's horrendous that members have gone on and 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 died and they've had quite a a fairly revolving cast i think for for the late for, for the later albums but yeah i think i think for me that's why i think that for, for me that's again that's one of the things that grabbed me about this album i think it is it that it is about that struggle there's something genuine and raw behind that and 
I think I, again, for some reason, I kind of when you're telling your protracted story <laughs> about your drunken ramblings, and I had this sick thought of when you drunkenly got onto their tour bus, and you were like, "There was nothing of note there." I was just thinking what about a dead member of the band and one of the punks at the back. But anyway, anyway, yeah, um, I think it's probably fairly evident in their live shows as well. If you look at them. If you go on YouTube or whatever and look at some of their live performances from that album, you can definitely see that they're under the influence of something. They did. Oh, um... Go on, sorry, go on. I was gonna, again going going back to me and 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 how I I don't listen to music when I listen to music. All of these songs and under the surface and under the whole new metal pretense of you've got to say some fairly disgusting stuff just to just to make headlines. That the, the every single song is a story about a fight with, you, you know, against abuse or drugs or or feeling trapped. It's it's a very claustrophobic feel, and that's that's going back to the repetition thing I said at the start. I think that's where they use repetition really well. Um, in 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 that that when when he does the melodic singing and when he 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 he's you know in the choruses he's he's trying to trying to portray get to a happier place and he's trying he's trying to sing happier and then he gets stra- dragged straight back down again i think i think that's really evident that from the off that there's been issues there and that's that's what i like about things like that there's there's it feels genuine to me there's that you can hear there's a story behind that there's 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 something in that it feels genuine it doesn't feel like someone writing a song about a random topic I don't know so... where that came from on well, your um, on, on to, to finish up your favorite tracks on the album, Ollie. Um, all wrapped up, absolute belter. Yeah, absolute belter. No, no questioning that. Pushing the envelope, party anthem. That the the pace of that, everything going for that. That is just an absolute blinder from start to finish. You can't go wrong. Um, and. Is it my favourite? I don't know. The last track, Nothing Gets Nothing. I I think when you've listened to the whole album, I, I I don't know an album that has an ending track quite that fitting. Nothing Gets, for me, is 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 an absolute stonker. I like that. I like the way you've said that. that the whole... The whole... Uh, that track just ends the whole album perfectly. Big fan that, of that. That's that's the end of it. A slight A slight side note, although I hate the track... Uh, I don't hate the track. I'm not that much of a fan of the track Effigy 23, but anyone who's willing to start a track with some keyboard piano shit played over the top of some porn is, you know, fair play. Fair play. <laughs> and, old, on that, on, and on that note... The old piano and porn is a great intro. I love it, love it. Well, on that note, let's... In the words of Head Charge, let's get this all wrapped up. Oh, that's pun after pun. Sensational. <laughs> um, thank you to Ollie Hill for joining us on what's been an absolutely monstrous and thoroughly enjoyable deep cut on American Head Charge's uh, The Art of War. 51 minutes that's coming at. Benny, your editing skills are going to have to be immense for this one to get it under, <laughs> under, under the hour mark, mate. We might, struggle. <laughs> we might have to just cut off the first two albums we reviewed and just go with this. Especially after a slating for the previous albums for being yeah. too long. Yeah, we, 
Um, Ollie, thanks very much for joining us, mate. It's been a pleasure. You're welcome, mate. guys. Thanks, thanks for thanks Loved for inviting me you along. On. Yeah, phenomenal. Great choice. Loved Thank it. You. Lovely stuff. And uh, we'll join you next week for another episode of Heavy Matters. Uh, we might have another special guest. Who knows? It's we fun. Like, it's fun. It's, we like to spice things up in the bedroom, as Vanny says. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> we'll see you next week, and uh, stay safe. Much love.